Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast. Good to have you with us tonight. Why don't you, yeah, pull that pod down. There you go. Got Seth back, Seth Springer back in the studio tonight. And um, just want to say he did a great job at the uh, preaching at the uh, county jail today. And I thought he did a real good job doing that. Kind of taking my spot over just about. Turned me up just a little bit there. He's kind of rusty in here, but he's we're going to get him straightened out yet. Uh, you are, if you're... <laughs> Here I'm on live radio, kind of giving out instructions. And But if you're listening, 
for the very first time, and you don't know what's going on, this is Pastor Bob Simons from the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. And we are broadcasting live on the AM station here, 1230 AM, to the Dickinson, North Dakota area. And we've been doing that for 20, let's see, how many years? No, we've been doing that for about 17 years now. And then we've got um, also listening on KDIX's website, kdix.net. And then we are also live on Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. So we're you can, there's three different ways you can listen to us tonight. And I would really enjoy if you would throw me a text and let me know which way you're listening. Uh, the number to text is 701-290-7862. 701-290-7862. If you have email access, you can email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. And that's also, both of those ways are ways that you can become part of the program, be part of the program, um, help me out with scriptures. I've already got people texting me tonight. We've got the, um, we've got Carl and Jeannie in Michigan listening. We have Thor and Angela listening tonight. We have some Millers listening out in West Fargo. We've got some people in Pennsylvania, the Hostetlers, and who knows who else listening out there, and um, and more people are texting me too, so good to have all of you. Thank you so much. We've got a um, um, Bethany Hussey listening tonight. Thank you. She's in the studio, man. She's messing me up. And uh, we've got more Belfield people, people sitting on the dock in Belfield. On the dock? I didn't know there was a dock, and she must be in her deck. And um, so a whole bunch of people listening tonight. And I'm glad and and keep those texts coming tonight. I'm just I was just kind of reading them as I was talking, but I uh, always encourages me. And and you know we really appreciate all those that are listening from afar. But uh, really want to say that our local audience is the reason we do this broadcast. We really is. We it's fun to be on Holy Ghost Radio. It's fun to have people listening from other countries and so on. I enjoy that. I mean, it really is enjoyable for me. But really to know that we're reaching out to people in this area and I run into people and really I do run into people often in my travels around Dickinson that tell me they listen to the radio program here on on the AM station 12:30 and I just appreciate that and I'm so glad for you that live outside of the Dickinson area this is a, a wonderful city uh, my wife and I have lived here just about 30 years now and we're just love it here in Dickinson. Our church is growing. We've had God has blessed us. My children grew up here. Now my grandchildren are growing up in this area. And I just really, really like Dickinson. We've got um, our church. We've outgrown our church building. And we're working on um, uh, putting, finalizing the buying of the Elks building here in town, which the uh, top portion of the Elks has got 18,000 square feet. We're going to turn that into a church, and we're really, really excited about it. In fact, um, just I'm just rambling a little bit, but in the studio I mentioned Seth uh, Springer is running the controls. He, he and his wife will be moving to Bowman in March or April, just depending on, you know, there's not a final date, and they're going to be starting a, a Pentecostal church in Bowman. We've got a, a church start in Beach now that has just services just Tuesday nights at 7.30 at the Beach Community Center. So our goal, I'm seeing my dreams fulfilled. We, we When we moved here uh, 29 years ago, uh, we had a desire to not only see a church of at least 500 people 
here in Dickinson that believed in the Acts 238 message, but also to see churches, new churches started all over this area. And, uh, and I'm starting to see those things and I'm, and I'm just amazing and it's so wonderful that there are so many good people in our church that are, 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 are taking this vision out. It's not me doing all this, but there are people that uh, have seen this truth, seen this vision, and even people that have moved in from other places now that are that really are calling this area their home. So I'm I'm really excited about it tonight. Um, I didn't bring my guitar in the studio. I do have a lot of scripture here for you that were in church today. I'm I'm going to kind of keep exploring that topic that we talked about in church today, and I want to start out in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10 where Jesus said, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now this this reference is about the story of a man named Zacchaeus. That You remember Zacchaeus had climbed the tree because he was so short he couldn't see Jesus. And when Jesus saw him up in the tree, he told Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. And because Jesus came to his house, Zacchaeus had a spiritual awakening in his life and that's what caused Jesus to say that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. The premise of this broadcast today is that Jesus is doing the seeking. I know that um, I can play this both ways. I can talk it both ways. I can talk to you about how important it is that we seek after God. Uh, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. That, you know, faith, we've got, we, you know, God is... Um, he rewards those that diligently seek him uh, in the book of Hebrews. Uh, you know, so I mean, I know that, that us seeking God is very, very important also. But the, this program is that he sought us first. That's what I want to talk about today. I'm going to read my text, 701-290-7862. We're going to play a quick song. I'll be right back. With God on your side Who can stop you There's no need to hide If God is for us Who can stand against us I'm gonna run, I'm gonna run I'm gonna run on It's time to celebrate We're on the winning side It's time to stand up No one left behind The devil's a liar Lift Jesus higher I'm gonna shout, I'm gonna shout I'm gonna shout Nosotros, ¿quién contra nosotros? 
Spanish-speaking people here in Dickinson, North Dakota. Glad you're listening tonight to the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Never know what Seth is going to play on this broadcast. You just never know. But it's always Christian music. That's good. We know that. Uh, thank you for everybody that's texting me. Man, you guys are coming out of the woodwork tonight. With a, I mean, I've got, I don't even know how many of them here. Nine new ones, and I uh, just good to have everybody listening. Uh, looks like maybe a new listener listening down in, uh, where's she at? She's in uh, Fort... Let's see, Fort Pierce, Florida. Hello to Mary down there, and I don't know if she was in those storms or not. I, I'm not sure if where Fort Pierce, Florida is. Tell it like it is radio show. Pastor Bob Simons here. We're talking about, we're going to explore the concept that God is seeking for us. God is seeking for us. Jesus came, the Bible says, to seek and to save that which was lost. The, um, you know, uh, and I've got a lot of verses here, a lot more than I just actually talked about in church. But I want to—I do want to turn our attention attention tonight to John chapter nine. This whole chapter, you know, do you, do you realize that there are many chapters in the Bible devoted to one story? Like, I mean, it's amazing to me how even in the Book of Acts, you'll have a whole chapter donated to you know to Ananias and Sapphira or. Or the man at the gate, beautiful. Or you know, there'll be a whole chapter uh, um, to Cornelius, or or whatever. Well, John chapter nine is a whole chapter that is about a man that was born blind. And in John chapter nine and verse one, it said, "And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth." This story is uh, evidence that Jesus is out looking. He's out seeking. This man wasn't looking for Jesus. Jesus was looking for him. Uh, this man was at what appeared to be at the right place at the right time. From his perspective and from our perspective, maybe we'll get into this a little bit tonight, but from our perspective, it just about seems lucky that we come in contact with this Acts 2.38 message. It just about seems like uh, when I think of my story and I think about how I came in contact with the Acts 2.38 message of repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus and receiving the Holy Ghost, it seems like I was lucky. Like, it seems like, that, like, why did I come in contact with this? But it wasn't anything to do with luck. It was, Jesus was seeking that which was lost, which in that case was me. So I, yes, I was in the right place at the right time, but God orchestrated it. And this man that was born blind in John chapter 9 and verse 1 was at the right place 
at the right time. His disciples looked at this man and asked Jesus, he said, was this man, was it his sin or was it his parents' sin that caused him to be born blind? That's not a bad question, except it couldn't have been his sin because he was born blind. He didn't even sin yet. You know, like he had to even sin. So, so their question, I'm sure, you know, they were, their, their mouth was working, their brain wasn't engaged. I mean, but, it, but it could have been a good question, like, was it his parents' sin that caused this man to be born blind? And Jesus basically told them, you guys really don't know what's going on. This doesn't, this particular deal isn't this man's sin or his parents' sin, but this is because I want to show this man how great that I can be in his life. That's that's basically what Jesus said. You know, uh, lots of questions, lots of good questions out there. I don't have all the answers for your questions. But I'll tell you this, when bad things seem to happen to you, always look for the voice of God in your life. Because many, many times, it's through the bad that God begins to speak. There's a girl that my wife and I met many, many years ago. Uh, she was in a group home for troubled teenage girls. Some of the people from our Bismarck Church worked in this group home, and they told my wife and I, well, you need to come to this group home to meet Christine. And so we, my wife and I came to the group home. We started a Bible study with Christine. The reason Christine was in that group home is not because she had ever been in any trouble. But when Christine was a little girl, her dad came home drunk and killed her mother, murdered her mother. Dad went to prison of course, mom was dead. The kids went into foster care, and Christine was molested in foster care. And uh, and and after a while, they didn't know what to do with her. And so here this 13, maybe 14-year-old girl was in a group home for troubled girls, and she had never really done anything wrong. People say, well, that sure is unfair. It was. But in this group home, she ran into a lady that worked there that knew the Acts 238 message. And that lady got her in contact with my wife and I. We had a Bible study with her, and some very, very good friends of ours adopted her. And Christine is living for God today, and I heard her testify in our church. She told that exact same story that I just told, of course, in much better way of telling it because she it happened to her. And she said, I would go through all of that again to know this message. She said, what if I would have grown up in a perfect home and never been exposed to the Acts 238 message? You see, this man, it wasn't his sin that caused him to be born blind. But this blindness was going to be used by Jesus to reach this guy. You know, um, if you, and if you're just tuning in, Pastor Bob, tell it like it is radio show. We're out of Dickinson, North Dakota. Jesus in, in John 9 and 6, after um, he, he, he went up to this man. He didn't, it doesn't say that he said anything to this man. It doesn't say that this man knew who he was at this point. But he said, he was talking to his disciples, and then it said, Jesus spit on the ground, made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Kind of gross, you know, kind of weird. Nobody likes spit. But this man... I'm sure he heard Jesus spit. You know, I don't know if he sucked in like some of these uh, rednecks in, in Western North Dakota. You know, you know, like that. I don't know if that's the way Jesus did it. I really don't know. I don't know if there was other things in that spit besides saliva. I have no idea. <clears throat> but anyway, Jesus made mud out of the spit 
rubbed it in this guy's eyes and spoke to him and said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And the Bible said this blind man went and washed in the pool of Siloam, and when he did, he could see. Jesus didn't tell the guy what he was doing. Uh, He didn't tell him why he was putting mud in his eyes. Uh, He didn't tell him why he should wash. Uh, Jesus didn't seem very good at explaining this. And, And the reason I am telling this story is because I'm telling you Jesus is looking for you. He's he's reaching for you. And in this particular story, there there were two elements that I want to talk about up to this point. Number one, there was Jesus, who's God in the flesh. And number two, there is a, a command that he said, I want you to wash in a pool of Siloam. Number one is Jesus. Number two is obedience. You know, you're not going to get any, I, God is looking for you, and God might even use this radio broadcast to reach you tonight. But you're going to have to obey what God tells you to do. Otherwise, you're going to break this cycle of what, what this great work that God... Just imagine if Jesus would have spit on the ground, rubbed the mud in his eyes, told him to wash. What if he wouldn't have? What if he would have, on the way over to the pool of Siloam, he would have stopped at Chick-fil-A or something and forgot all about it? You know, like, I mean, like, what if this man, you know, like... Uh, what if he would have just thought, you know what, I'm going to tell him I'm going to go wash, but I'm not going to go wash because this is ridiculous and I'm just going to go home. You see, nothing would have happened. And so, uh, you know, the, the point that I'm making tonight, and I'm going to keep trying to drive home over and over and over again, is listen, Mr. Atheist, mis- listen, Mr. Agnostic, listen, uh, Mr. Carnal Person or Mrs. Carnal Person. God is in the process. He's in the He's in the work of trying to reach you. He's He's maybe. If, in fact, if you're listening to this broadcast right now, that's what He's doing right now. You know, Jesus said uh, that that He 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 said that He was going away, but He was coming back as the Holy Spirit. And now we are His body in this world, and I'm part of that body. And this is just a small thing I'm doing. I'm not. You know, I, I have, I'm under no illusion right now that, that everybody that has the internet tonight in the world is listening to me. I know that. But you're listening to me. What will you do with Jesus? What will you do with his command? You know, I keep referencing the Acts 2.38 scripture. What will you do when Peter said to them, when they asked what they must do to be saved, what what must we do? Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see, this promise is for you in Dickinson, North Dakota, or in the Philippines tonight. It's for you. And this Jesus is reaching for you, and if you if you want him to send an angel, I'm not saying he can't, but usually he sent a person. That's how he does it. And so here we've got this man. Jesus told him, uh, he spit on the ground, made mud, put it in his eyes, told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. He washed, he was seen. Now in verse 8 of John chapter 9, it says, The neighbors, therefore... When they, they they saw him, this guy that had been born blind, they said, isn't this the guy that was born blind that sat and begged? And some people said, well, he sure looks like him, but others said, he said, uh, but must not be him. But the guy said, no, it's me. 
I used to be blind just, just a few minutes ago, and now I'm not. And they asked him, how were your eyes open? And he said, a man that is called Jesus made clay, anointed my eyes, said unto me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. I went and washed. I received sight. And they said unto him, where is he? And he said, I know not. At this point, the man had never seen Jesus. Jesus wasn't there when he went and washed. But he was already telling people, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. That's Really, what I want to tell you tonight is that the the Lord, as as He found me, He He was looking for me, He sought for me. Yes, I had to respond to that. No, I was not saved just because He was looking for me. You predestinationist people, uh, you are. There is a key to this link. There's a link to this chain. That, you know, it's not just God, it's not just His church, but you are a crucial part of, of, of tying in. When Jesus reaches His hand down for you, you gotta grab it. You know, when Jesus knocks at the door, you gotta open it. I mean, He, He initiates. He, you know, He loves us. You know, if you're waiting for God, um, to do something already, He's already done it. He, He's, He's waiting for you to jump in His arms. You know, so so tonight, this um, I'm going to probably just stay in John chapter nine for a while. But why don't you play a little song? Give me a breather, Seth. I might even cut that song short. I'm so fired up.
Well, good evening, everyone. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast here tonight with Pastor Bob Simons from the New Life Pentecostal Church. If you want to get involved tonight, you can call us in studio 701-225-5133, or you can text us tonight, 701-290-7862. Good to have my friend, uh, Brother Schuler listening in Grafton tonight. And uh, these are some great people. We've got... Uh, Zach and Leah listening in West Fargo on Holy Ghost Radio. I got some wiseacres here in the studio that are say listening live. You know, I got I got Warren in the studio, Connor in the studio, Bethany in the studio, Uriel in the studio. So we've got a, a star star cast here of Bible experts listening in the studio tonight. So we were during that last song we were talking about predestination. And the program is not about predestination. I don't believe in predestination, but I will tell you, Jesus sought us first. That's kind of the, he saw me first. Jesus saw a man which was blind from his birth. Uh, Jesus went looking for the guy. You know, um, this man, he was um, got, got pulled into the Pharisees, John chapter 9, verse 13. They brought him to the Pharisees, the one that had been 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 blind, aforetime was blind. And the Pharisees said, what happened? What, 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 what did Jesus do? He said, well, he put clay on my eyes, I washed, and I do see. It's pretty concise. And he, uh, uh, they said, this man is not of God. They told this formerly a four-time blind man, because he keepeth not the Sabbath day. Just because Jesus healed on the Sabbath day, they said he didn't keep the Sabbath day. Others said, how could a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And they had a big division there. They said to the blind man, what do you say about him who opened your eyes? And the blind man, the former blind man said, he's a prophet. And in verse 18, the, the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind, so they called his parents and said, is this your son who you say was born blind, and how doth he now see? And the parents said, it's our son. He was born blind. Now, how he sees, we don't know. But he said, why don't you ask him? He's old enough. He's of age. So they call the guy back in to to the council. And uh, I, I love, the, I, I, he, he said, they, they call him back in in verse 24 of John 9. He said, to this man that had been blind, said, God, give God the praise. We know this man, this man Jesus, is a sinner. And he answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. You see, God, this man didn't know who Jesus was really, didn't know much about him, but he knew what he had done for him. And, and tonight, I'm telling you, God is out looking. He's out hunting. He's out searching. And, and you have not done anything so bad that he can't find you. Because God loves to see the lost uplifted from the fall. You know, I, I know that over the years, and it's been many years on the radio now, that I always give parts and pieces of my testimony and, and I probably will tonight too, but my testimony is just one of many, many people who God reached in their life, found them, and, and, and I, I feel just like this man. I feel like I was minding, I had no idea, I had no idea the, the day 
that I woke up, the first time that God really worked a work in my life, I had no idea that I was going to be changed. You know, I had no idea what I was going to run into that day. Because I began to run into the Spirit of God reaching for me in my life. I was uh, I had grown up um, in Bismarck, North Dakota. My uh, parents are fine people there. Um, they hardworking people. In fact, I was just talking to my mom tonight, and she's just got such a great attitude. She always has just a really positive, fun uh, laughs, and and uh, you could tease her, and and uh, and uh, I, I don't know. I just my mom's just a great great person. And I, so I, I, you know, I, but I didn't grow up knowing this Acts 238 message. I didn't. And as I began to grow and I began to, I, in, in school and especially as I got into high school, I, be, I got to be popular. I started doing well in sports. And because of that, I started hanging out with maybe some of the people that had big heads, you know, some of the proud sports jocks and so on. And I became one of those people. And, and, and one thing led to another. I started drinking. I started smoking pot. And then I started entering the world of drug addiction. And um, and I didn't even know I was really a drug addict. I knew, I mean, I was guessing at it. I, I didn't like it. But when my best friend checked himself into a drug treatment center, I tried to quit. And that's when I found out I was a drug addict. I was, I was um, the summer that I was uh, just, uh, it was my... My going into my junior year of college, and and um, and I was I was uh, discouraged. I was sad. I didn't I didn't I, on my list of to do things when I was growing up. It wasn't one of them. wasn't to be a drug addict. I promise you that. But but here I was, and and I didn't even realize that God was looking for me. He was he was searching for me, and he was setting me up. Jesus was setting me up. I. Um, during this time in my life, I had gotten married. Um, my my beautiful wife uh, was going to have a baby, uh, and we on September sixteenth, uh, about thirty nine years ago, my oldest son was born, and I was in the hospital room. I was in the delivery room when my son Luke was born, and I felt something in that room when I saw him come into this world that I had never, ever felt before. And it was, it was a, a, an amazing thing. And, of course, you, that, you fathers that have done this and have been in the room when your baby's born probably have had similar experiences. But this experience I had when my son was born, here I was a drug addict, I was a drug user, I wasn't a happy one. Uh, but I, I, um, and I was newly married, and and here I was having this baby. And when he was born, I felt something, but I didn't know what it was. I went out into the, into the uh, waiting room of this hospital. My friend that had just got out of the drug treatment center was there. I told him about it, and he looked at me and he said, "What you felt was the presence of God." And I thought that's cool. In fact, I went to a party that night. Uh, a bunch of my friends had threw a party in honor of my first son being born, and they had uh, bought uh, high quality champagne and different types of drugs, and we were going to celebrate. And for the first time, for a long time, I turned it down. I said, "You guys, I'm so high right now. 
I said, I'm afraid I'd ruin the high by using what you've got. Now, I didn't quit using drugs right then, but God was reaching for me. I'm telling you, Jesus saw me first. He saw me first. I remember uh, uh, going to my house. My wife and I were living in Valley City. That's where my athletic scholarship was at the at that college. And my my um, my wife and I, I went to my house and I picked up a Bible. And this Bible was a Bible. It was, I think, one of my grandfather's Bibles. Um, I, I, it was a Bible. I think he had. In fact, I know it was. I tried to read it. Nothing made sense. Nothing. Nothing made sense. And so here I was. Uh, I was, uh, uh, you know, just I, I didn't know anything about God. Just like this blind man. I mean, I didn't know anything. And I was one night while we were living in Valley City. I was, I went to, I was sick. I had, I had some kind of flu. I told, I told Lori, I said, I'm going to the drugstore to pick up some cough medicine. And I went to the drugstore to pick up this cough medicine. And on the way back to my little apartment in Valley City that I lived in, Lori and little Luke and I lived in, I stopped by this river in Valley City to smoke pot. And I was smoking a joint or smoking a pot out of a pipe that I had. And while I was smoking pot by this little river, the little Cheyenne River that runs through Valley City, I heard a voice in my car. And the voice said this, get out of your car and take your pot and your pipe and everything that goes with it and throw it in that river. And as soon as I heard that voice, which did shock me, I wasn't looking for it, you guys. See, I'm telling you, this story means a lot to me. Jesus came by, Bob Simons, spit on the ground, rubbed the mud in his eyes, and told him to wash. (laughs) And in my case, he didn't put spit in my eyes, tell me to wash, but he spoke to me in my car about my drug usage, and he said, throw it out. As soon as I heard that, I heard another voice say, don't do that. That's stupid. You've tried things like that before, and it didn't work. But the other voice spoke to me again, said, no, get out of your car, throw the pot, the pipe, the whole works in the river. This other voice said, don't do that, give it to your friends, sell it, give it to your friends, don't throw it away. And then I realized, these voices, this must be God telling me to throw the pot out, and this must be the devil telling me not to. Now this story seems pretty simplistic, but I'll tell you what, I got out of my car once I was convinced that this is God. And I threw the pot out. I went to a party shortly after that, told my friends about this story. They thought I was insane. I said, now I can still snort coke, but I can't smoke pot. I mean, that's stupid. That's just stupid. I mean, how could I be so dumb to think that God, I thought maybe God thought marijuana was making me depressed or something. But it was right after that, during this time period, that I told my wife, I said, let's try a different church. I'd like to try a different church. I said, we're going home this weekend. We're going to go home to the to Bismarck. We were living in Valley City. My wife had to take her state nursing board test. I said, let's try that little church on the corner of 16th and Rosser. Now, I had never been there. I didn't know anybody that went there. But for some reason, that's the one I thought we should try. I'm telling you, you guys, I just like this blind man, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything. I'd never seen Jesus. I didn't know anything. 
But my wife, who was a church-going person all of her life, she grew up Catholic, she was excited that I wanted to go to church. And so we were planning on going. I got a phone call. That must have been that Saturday. From this friend of mine that had had been the one that in the drug treatment center, and this is what he told me. He said, my sister-in-law from Denver came to Bismarck, searched all over town, and she found a church she wants us to go with her this Sunday. And I said, okay. And Bob, my friend, said, we'd like you and Lori to go with us. And I said, which church is it? He said, it's that church, that Pentecostal church on the corner of 16th and Rosser. And I told him, I said, Bob, I said, this is kind of weird, but I was kind of thinking of going to that church anyway. And so that happened, and that on that same day, Saturday, maybe that evening, my wife's friend, Debbie, called my wife. And she said, I'm getting baptized this Sunday at my dad's church, and I'd like you and Bob to come and watch me get baptized. And Lori said, which church is it? And she said, it's that Pentecostal church on the corner of 16th and Rosser. You see, one of the reasons, not only do I have a lot of Bible that God is seeking and to save the lost, but it happened to me. I can't tell you that I was really seeking for God. I mean, you know, maybe I was, maybe, maybe because of my drug addiction, I was... You know, I, and I did, I did go home and get a Bible. I mean, I tried to read the book of Revelation. It sounded like a science fiction movie to me at that time. But, but I, uh, and maybe God saw that. I, I don't know whichever way you want to read this, but I'm telling you, from my perspective, even 39 years later, it looks to me like God was looking for me. He was reaching for me. Uh, you know, I went to that Pentecostal church. Uh, I'd thought of going there. My friend invited me. My wife's friend invited us. We show up at this church. And I walked in, and the people were so friendly. And, and, and I mean, I, and this, when the church service started, I had never been to anything like that. My wife, being raised Catholic, this church was noisy. People were singing. People were praying out loud. People were worshiping out loud. There was no, there was no, uh, you know, ritual. There was no, um, you know, all the, all the uh, things that she was so used to as a child, it scared her half to death. But I was kind of liking it. I, I was thinking, boy, this is exciting. I wonder what's going to happen next. And during that service, the preacher got up to preach. I have to tell you the truth. I didn't understand most of what he said. I had no Bible background to speak of. I knew who Samson and Delilah were. I knew who Moses was. I had seen the movies. That was about it. I really didn't know much else about the Bible. I didn't even know really who Jesus was. I knew he had got crucified, but I didn't know who he was. And during that service, that preacher said something that spoke to me. And that was on a Sunday. And then on a Wednesday, on a Wednesday when I was back in Valley City, I went to a Pentecostal church on that Wednesday. There was maybe just a little church, brand new church, just starting. The man that was even leading the church was not really a preacher. He was the the pastor that had tried to start the church, got discouraged and left. There was this man named Brother Knutson was there. He was reading the Bible and commenting. That's what he was doing. It was a Wednesday night. The only people who were there were, were myself, 
my 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 wife's friend Debbie. My wife was back in in Bismarck taking her state nursing board test. There was uh, this man, uh, Pastor Knutson, his wife, his three daughters, and I think that was it. You know, so there was like seven of us there. And while he was reading the scripture, he came across a scripture in Acts twenty two sixteen. And the scripture, the apostle Paul was telling about his conversion experience. And the scripture says, and now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, washing away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And when he read that verse, the same voice that I heard in my car a few weeks earlier telling me to throw my pot into the Cheyenne River, that same voice said, you need to be baptized. He got done with his little Bible study, this brother Knutson, who's passed away now. He got done with his little Bible study, and he looked out in the crowd. He said, is there any questions? And I raised my hand. I said, can you baptize me tonight like that? They didn't have a baptismal tank. Um, it was November 2nd, and they took me out and baptized me in the Cheyenne River. There was snow on the ground. The water wasn't frozen over, but there was snow on the ground. They baptized me in Jesus' name. Later, Pastor Knudsen told me that that he, he, he froze to death baptizing me, but he said, you just stayed out in the middle of that river yelling. I was just yelling. I don't, I don't remember it. I remember coming home from being baptized, and my landlady met me. She goes, what happened to you? I was soaking wet. I said, I just got baptized. She kind of looked at me like I had fallen off from the moon or someplace. The reason I told my story again, and that's just a really short version of it, but the reason I told my story is Jesus was looking for me. Jesus is looking for you. He's looking for you. And you're listening to this broadcast tonight, and some of you are listening because you're Pentecostal people. But some of you are listening tonight, and you don't know why you're listening. You're just down, minding your own business. You know, there's a guy that listens to me. I I don't know if I should tell this or not from Dickinson. He told me he, uh, he doesn't believe... He's not a Pentecostal by any stretch of the imagination. And he told me one night he was in the bathtub listening to me. And when I came on, he was listening to KDIX, probably hoping to hear a ball game or something. And I came on the radio and he said, I couldn't get out of the bathtub to shut the radio off. So I listened to him and he said, I actually kind of like it. Well, I don't know if he's listening tonight. If he is, he knows who he is. Cause, but I'm telling you, you might be in the bathtub listening to me tonight. But you know what? Jesus is reaching for you. You know, what, what do you think he's going to do to reach for you? Do you think, think he's going to have a lightning bolt hit your house? You know, this is your day of visitation. This, you know, Jesus is at your house today. Well, we've got um, about, oh, nine minutes in the broadcast yet. And we've got, um, uh, Seth is going to give out some information, and then I'm going to come back just with some other stuff. But he's going to give out a little information about how to get a hold of us during the week. All right. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast. We're on every Sunday night from 8.06 uh, to 9.06 Mountain Time right here from Dickinson, North Dakota. Again, this is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast with Pastor Bob Simons. We're from the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson, North Dakota. We're located at 105 7th Avenue West. 
Um, church phone number is 701-264-7862, or you can email us at robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock, we have Sunday school adults and children's Sunday schools, adults. Uh, Sunday school at 10 o'clock is an open discussion forum. It's very good. We are invited to that. And then Sunday morning at 11 o'clock a.m. is our uh, worship service. Again, you are invited. Our midweek service, Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. If you need a ride, like we said, we give it the church phone number. Just give us a call. Uh, it's 701-264-7862. And um, we, you can also email us at robertsimons58 at gmail.com as well. Uh, this is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast. If you want to call tonight, if you have any more questions or comments for the remainder of the broadcast, call us, 701-225-5133, or you can text those same questions or comments to 701-290-7862, or if you're out of country and you'd like to email any questions or comments, or if you'd just like to let us know where you're listening from, we really appreciate that as well. You can email us at robertsimons58 at gmail.com. I believe that that uh, every this broadcast could become an all night broadcast if if you wanted to listen to it and, and the station would let me do it because every story I know I know dozens of stories that would be right at the tip of my brain <laughs> that I could tell about the miraculous uh, what looked like luck how people got in touch with this Acts two thirty eight message you know. Um, there was a, um, after I gave my life to the Lord, or I, I'm sorry, after I heard the voice in my car telling me to throw the pot out in the river, I I recorded a cassette tape of that story. Now here, I would love to have that tape. I have no idea what I said on that tape. But I would love to have that tape. And I sent that tape to a friend of mine that I grew up with that was rest he was a wrestler I had grown up as a wrestler before I was in the church and he was in he was at Washington State University and he was also a bad drug addict he and I were very similar we were both on athletic scholarships but we were using drugs and and so on and I sent him a cassette tape of what happened to me and how God spoke to me and I threw my pot away he listened to that tape and he stopped using drugs that right that moment. Never used drugs again. He came home from school on a break in like March or April. Must have been March, or like a spring break. And I took him to a Pentecostal church service. He received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, God is in the business of reaching out to lost people. One... Uh, on the way home from that service where that friend of mine, Dave, received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we were driving along. That church service happened to be in Valley City, even though I was living in Bismarck. It's called a rally that we had went to on a Saturday. We're driving along, and in the middle of the, uh, the darkest night, there is a man walking down the side of the highway. And I didn't even see him till I was right up on him. He was walking on the shoulder. This this Dave that... This friend of mine that just got the Holy Ghost, stop the car. Let's pick that guy up. In the middle of nowhere, dark night, Dave, myself, uh, my wife, and my little baby Luke. We back the car up. He says, let's tell him about Jesus, this friend of mine. He just got the Holy Ghost. 
So we bring this car in the car, uh, bring this guy in our car. We tell him about Jesus. We drop. He was going to Bismarck. That's where we were going. Drop him off in Bismarck. Never saw him again, or so I thought. But about a year later, maybe a year and a half later, I was on the job site working, and there was a man working with me. And we had been working together two or three weeks, and all of a sudden he looked at me, and he, he looked he had a funny look on his face, and he said, about a year and a half ago, he said, do you remember picking up a man on the highway in the middle of the night, a hitchhiker? Now this, and I said, uh, no, I don't. And he started to, he said it was you and your wife and a, and, a, and a little baby and another guy. And you told this man about Jesus all the way to Bismarck. And I said, I kind of remember that. He said, I'm the man. He'd been in prison since then. That man got the Holy Ghost. He was baptized in Jesus' name. Is this coincidence? You, you see, I you know, I mean, is this coincidence? I, I'm going to run out of time, and I'm not going to run out of stories. My wife had a little sister. My wife's got, there's, there's eight kids in a family, and my wife's the oldest, and her youngest sister. There was five girls and then three boys. The youngest sister's name is Jody. Jody, when my wife and I first started going to the Pentecostal church, Jody would have been the last person that I would have ever thought would ever become a Pentecostal. Jody was very upset at my wife for leaving the Catholic Church. Very, very upset. She made some very strong statements. Jody, before that, was my favorite little girl. I mean, she always wanted to ride on my motorcycle, ride in my convertible. She was, Jody really, really liked me. After I started going to Pentecostal Church, Jody didn't like me at all. We had a Bible study with with all of Lori's siblings. Uh, we had a Bible study with Lori's parents, my parents, right after we were converted, came to our house. We had this Bible study. But Jody wasn't buying in. She wasn't liking it. And um, and Jody, you know, I, I like I say, I, looking back on it now, I would have never thought that Jody would have became a Pentecostal. But Jody was going to college, and she met a young man, whose name was Slate. He was from the Garrison area. He was a farmer. His dad was a farmer from the Garrison area. And Slate was going to BJC, and Jody was going to BJC. And they fell in love, and they were going to get married. And I, we had a little Pentecostal church up in Garrison. The pastor's name was Dennis Slutton. And I told my wife one day, I said, I wonder if Slate knows Dennis Slutton. You know, it's a little town. I thought, I wonder if he, I wonder if Slate, because we kept praying for Jody. We were always praying, God touched Jody. Show her the truth. And here she's going to marry a guy from Garrison. And I just thought, I wonder if Slate knows Dennis Slutton. Well, it was probably a few days before their wedding. I found out what Slate's real name was. Slate was a nickname. His real name was Darren Slutton. And his older brother was the pastor of the Pentecostal church in Garrison. You see, what are the odds of that happening? We're praying for my sister-in-law to come to the Acts 2.38 message, and she marries a guy whose brother is a preacher of the Acts 2.38 message. We kept praying for him. We kept praying for him. We had a Bible study with him. 
And they, long story, but I'll shorten it up. They both were baptized in the name of Jesus. Both received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Why? Jesus is looking for you. He's setting it up. He's setting you up. He wants you to be saved. The Bible said he's not willing that any should perish. Jesus wants people saved worse than they want to be saved. I really believe that. Now, like I say, it doesn't make you saved because he wants you saved. But if you will say yes to him, you know, and I've got story after story after story. You know, there was a there was a uh, a young man, or there was a woman that called me one day. We were having church. Oh, I'm going to run out of time. We were having church at the at the um, at one of the motels here in town. And there was a lady from Kentucky that called me, and she said, "I've got a son living up there in North Dakota. He's in the Air Force. There used to be a radar base here in North Dakota, and my son." Uh, we, we'd like him to get, he's going to be getting married, and we were wondering if he could get married in your church. And I said, uh, well, we don't really have a church building. We're meeting at a motel right now. Well, as it turned out, I found out later that he and this man and his, 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 this Dickinson girl got married back in Kentucky. But this woman called me by accident. I wasn't even the same kind of church that they went to. And her son wasn't living for God in any way, shape, or form. But because of that connection, this man and his wife came to our church. And the and the a week after they came to our church, this lady received the gift of the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, it took him about a year, but he was baptized in Jesus' name, received the Holy Ghost a little later. But see, Jesus is on the move. He's looking. He's reaching. The Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Romans 13 and 11, And that knowing the time, and now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. You tonight are at the right place at the right time to meet Jesus. And believe this or not, he set it up. He set it up. I just came in the studio. I don't know who I'm talking to. You didn't know you were going to be listening to me tonight. And you know what? This message will change your life. You come to God in faith. You come to God in repentance, which means to be sorry to God for the way you've been living. And especially the way you've been ignoring him. You know, Seth, you talked about lovers of pleasures. I mean, our society, people say, we're not that bad. I'll tell you what, our society, all they care about is themselves. Love pleasures, love themselves. Where does that put God? What do you, you just put him in a little spot on Easter and Christmas? That's what they do in Dickinson. In Dickinson, our churches are full on Easter and Christmas. You know, I mean, I mean, is, do you think that, do you think that's doing God what he wants? No. You know, this, uh, oh man, I'm running out of time. But this, you know, uh, there's a man listening to me tonight. His name was Carl. You know, Carl, the way that you got in contact with this truth is not anything I would ever recommend. I mean, I mean, I can't believe it. I, I mean, Carl, you are, and he's married to a, a lady named Jeannie. They live in Michigan. Carl? You encourage me just thinking about you. 
because God pulled you out. He, he, God, Jesus was looking for you. You, I don't know if you were looking for him. I don't think so. You, you really weren't, but Jesus pulled you out, got your attention, and you listened to him and obeyed, and now you're living for God. Lord Jesus, tonight, I'm going to close this broadcast. God, I know that you're looking for people, and you're looking for the people tonight, specifically that are listening to this broadcast. I pray, Lord, that you will send them, if they're from Dickinson, God, send them our way. Give them the courage to come to the Pool of Siloam, which is at 105 7th Avenue West, God, so that they can finish obeying what you're telling them to do. I just pray tonight in the name of Jesus, Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. God bless you. Next week, uh, Lord willing, we'll be back for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. Thank you, Seth, for helping us tonight. always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website www.holyghostradio.com The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.